Welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. In this podcast, we discuss mystical works of literature and how they relate to recovery. We hope you enjoy today's podcast episode. Hello, everyone. Buddy C, welcome to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. Today we have Marla and Tina and Zach and Craig and Derek and a recording of Kate. I met with her and got a little recording of what she thought of this hat salesman and a capable ruler, which I'm kind of glad we did because I didn't have a whole lot. And if she had something, I wanted to hear it. Let's get to that in a minute. I do want to mention two meetings before we get started that are two Zoom meetings going on. One is Monday through Friday. 1 p.m. Eastern, and that's dailyrecoverymeeting.com. Marla, you go to that one, right, a good bit? I do. Um, I would say three or four days a week. It's really become phenomenal. It's grown, and it, it's a really honest meeting. How, what topics, what do y'all usually do for topics? Oh, we uh, pick a topic at the top of the meeting um somebody will pick one at, be prior to the meeting starting uh, and it's every day is different except for fridays is gratitude friday gratitude friday that's good and that's for any addiction right that's just oh, for- yes and it's not aa based it's just recovery based not uh no 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 protocol to follow or dogma that's, is that going to be keep going on after the uh, coronavirus we think so uh, as long as people show up you know? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. As long as people show up, it's, it's really fun. It's fun. We laugh and cry. Then then there's a second meeting that's 9 PM Eastern every evening, seven days a week. And that's zoom. AAMeetings.com is the direct URL and you have to log into a zoom account to authenticate for that meeting. And it is an AA meeting. It does have dogma. It has the AA dogma. So just be prepared. If you're an alcoholic and you need a meeting, come to that one. So that's every night, and that's going to continue. You like that, Craig? (laughs) I thought it was funny. (laughs) Yeah, I I had to do that. I'm sorry. In case anybody's wondering, that's 2 a.m. GMT. So if you're cutting about at 2 o'clock in the morning, nothing better to do. Jump online. You're in Scotland. So, yeah, it's a great meeting. We've seen you one night, and they were fascinated. It was like they had a new toy. They wanted to talk to Craig in Scotland. They were like, oh, he's in Scotland. Let's talk to Craig. I'm going to, I'm going to surprise you another night and turn up. In fact, I'll, I'll surprise myself and I turn up to a meeting as well. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been going as much. It doesn't fit into my sleep schedule. I usually go to bed early and get up early. So, but... uh it's a good meeting. Good meeting. It's going to continue after as well. Oh, hello, Rob. Good to see you, sir. Catch me up, man. What's oh, going on? I uh, was able to get off of phone calls today. I'm actually, I have to, got a house payment. I got to work, unfortunately. No, fuck that. No, I know. It's two o'clock in Denver, so going good. Nice to see you, sir. Glad, glad you're able to make it. Um, the hat, a hat salesman and a capable ruler. Who would like to read these? 
for us. Would you read them, Marla? Read these or the two, the, the whole page, both uh, both sayings. Yes. Uh, the hat salesman and a capable ruler. A man of song did business in silk ceremonial hats. He traveled with a load of hats to the wild men of the South. The wild men had shaved heads, tattooed bodies. And what did they want with silk ceremonial hats? Next paragraph. Yao had wisely governed all China. He had brought the entire world to a state of rest. After that, he went to visit the four perfect ones in the distant mountains of Kushi. When he came back across the border into his own city, his lost gaze saw no throne. Hmm. So yeah, this is a tough one. I thought it was a tough one, but, and I, I did find some information, a little bit of information, and it's a little bit confusing, but it's all about how we value things um, in giving things equal value. Um, it, and it's about pr our perspective. It, we, we value things based on our perspective, based on our karmas, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of what I got out of it. <laughs> Who else has something on this? I know Zach does. Zach's got a lot on this, he said, <laughs> before the meeting. <laughs> you do? I couldn't find not, not a whole lot. I couldn't find a whole lot. Do share. Uh, it made me want to buy a hat. <laughs> I've, <clears throat> I've made a firm decision to uh, go out and purchase one. A ceremonial hat, a silk one? Yeah, we'd like to see that. Absolutely. No understanding on this at all, Zach? Nothing? Yeah, I really don't know, man. That's a tough one. I, I said the other week, you know, some of these you read and you're like, Man, that that really hits you, you know. And then some of them you read, and you're like, "What in the world are they talking about?" This is to me. This is one of those in that category. So I'm excited to hear what you guys have to say. So anyone else before I play what Kate? I think I've set it up where I can play Kate, and we all hear it. But uh, Craig, you I think, yeah, I, I think it's possible that somebody was drinking, and they thought, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to write a story about a hat salesman and a king. And in 2,500 years, this group of alcoholics are going to sit around and try and make something of this. I have to play and, it. And, and they're just going to be really confused. And I think, I think the basis of this is not to meddle in things that we're not supposed to. With the hat salesman trying to sell his hats to tribesmen with tattooed body and short hair, what's he, what's he doing with that? And valued, he placed great value on his silk hats, but he but he took them to people who had, did not value them. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's meddling in he's meddling in other people's affairs, I think. And <laughs> with the well, just yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, I'm I'm all up for free commerce and trade, but there's just there's just some people that we shouldn't be. We shouldn't be trying to sell our words to, and that's you know I think we should be pick, picking picking our audience, picking our market, picking things more wisely. I think was I, th I think was what I got out of this. Surely that there, there may have been a better demographic that he could have sold his hats to. These people were bald; they needed a hat. You but it said bald. they had short. It, well, it, it said they had. I thought it said, oh yeah, shaved heads. 
Fantastic. Well, this Those is the people that need to be wearing hats. This is the another translation of that. This is the inner chapters from Guy Fu Fang in Jane English. A man from the state of Sung selling ceremonial caps made a trip to the state of Yu. But you people, you people, having short hair and tattooed bodies had no use for them. Then Yao brought order to the people of the world and really why brought order to the people of the world and ruled wisely over the lands bounded by the four seas. But returning south of the Fane River after his visit to the four sages at Mount Q, he lost his interest in the empire. So the first one said, what did they want with silk ceremonial hats? And I was like, I thought they wanted them. So it's asking what they wanted with the hats. But then this translation says they had short hair and tattooed bodies had no use for them. Right. So this is not something they wanted to begin with, I don't think. Right, he was just a salesman trying to he sell them. Salesman. Some I thought he had gotten an order and he was taking them. You know, I thought they <laughs> wanted them. Was how I first read it. And the second paragraph, I, I kind of read it is he, he he went to the mountains to the to the four whatever they were called, and he he awoke. And so when he came back to his throne, it no longer meant anything to him to be a ruler and a leader. That's what I heard too. All right. Oh, good. Hey, let's listen to Kate. I think I got this set up to where we can listen to her. And I'm going to get you guys to let me know if you're hearing this. Okay, I've got Kate with me. Kate, I know you can't make it to the regular recording today, so we met a few minutes early. I wanted to make sure I got your thoughts on a hat salesman and a capable ruler. So lay it on me. Okay. So, the hat salesman and the cable ruler, seemed, it seemed like it had two different stories that were, like, totally separate from each other. But I, I tried to connect them a little bit. So, the first one, I felt like had, had the guy going to bring his elegant hats that he thought were very elegant... And kind of the best part of his, what he thought was the kind of the top of his culture, he brought them to these other guys that that meant it. they had no use for his, the elegance that he brought. So it was something that was so important to him, but it wasn't at all important to them. Mm. What was elegant to them was tattoos and shaved head. What was elegant to him was these fancy hats. Um, so I kind of thought about, it was kind of putting together, there's these two things that are totally different, but they're still things that are elegant. And it made me think about, you know, our differences, that there's things that are very different, but equally important to people, but we're still part of a, a greater connected universe. Ooh. Um, that the Tao includes everything. So there's one guy that thinks these hats are it. 
and these other guys that think that tattoos and shaved heads are it. But they're all still connected in one universe, and it, they're kind of equally important. So that was kind of what I thought about about the first story. And he can't, you know, he can't force them to think his hats are use are worth anything. They don't think they're worth anything. But they can't make him think that tattoos and shaved heads are it. They both have their views. They can't force them on each other. Um, but that's okay. Um, and then the second part, I thought, you know, he this guy is ruling this world and he, this country, and he's proud at first. It seems it seems like he's proud at first, and then he goes and sees the wise men, and gets more into gets wiser, gets more in with the Tao and kind of sees that he's not there anymore. The credit isn't really his. And I thought it was kind of kind of what we learned in the Tao Te Ching that the greatest ruler rules by not ruling. And that once the kingdom is in harmony with the Tao, like there really is no ruler. He's not needed as a ruler. But he's still a ruler, but he's ruling by not ruling. That's why he's lost his gaze, right? It's no longer is important to him. Right. Yeah. So I thought, I mean, they're maybe juxtaposed. And they must be juxtaposed to each other for a reason. And I thought, you know, they might both be saying in different ways that you can't force things onto, onto other people. You shouldn't be forcing things onto other people. I don't, I don't know. It was kind of difficult to see how they should be juxtaposed to each other, but but they both sort of have that in them. You know, if the elegant man, the elegant hat man is trying to force his hats onto the other guys, it's not going to work. Well, even if um, the wild men wanted the hats, then... It's still that idea in the first one that it's about things, about what you have, possessions. Where the second one, he's moved past possessions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's paradoxical. You've got both sides of it there, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Thank you, Kate. She she was so quiet the year we we did the Dow. I know now she's kind of woke up. Hasn't she? Um, you know I agree. That's what I think she was talking about. What I was talking about equal things of equal value. You know how we value things. You know I I don't want to push my stuff on you just because I value it doesn't mean you value it, and I should respect what you value. And That's then the second one, though, has moved past value. Yes, into into the Tao, actually. She was right. The Tao rules without ruling. See, where we need to, I think, the goal is to move toward what the ruler did. You know, and he ruled all of China. So he, he had to have some ability and some ego and success. Uh, Craig? I thought it was interesting how it says he ruled, he, he governed all China. And he brought the entire world to a state of rest. 
I hadn't I had no stat because I, I I thought it says he ruled China and he brought the state to a, a state of rest. I, I missed the I missed the part about bringing the entire world to rest. So is, does he think that he's brought the entire world to rest through his through his ruling? How's how's he ruling people to get the world to a state of rest? Is he is he imposing his will on people to get them to a state of rest? Looks like he's a real smart guy. You know, he he had some ability to lead and to govern. Even with that kind of ability and that kind of success, when he came back from visiting the sages, that that did not have value to him. That what he found by looking within was more important than even that. That's kind of like us coming into recovery, isn't it? Because we when when. When we're when, when we're actively drinking, we're we're actively in our addictions. We think that we're that we're governing we're, we're governing in our lives, but it's not actually us. It's it's alcohol or it's our, our addictions are actually governing in our lives. And if you look at the um, if you look at something like a sponsor or um, a mentor or somebody that's that's already in recovery, if you go to visit them and you hear what they have to say, if you go to a meeting and you listen to people telling their stories and they're, they're telling your story. Through through what they're sharing, and then you come back, and you, I think you come back from a meeting with a, a completely different set of eyes. You see that you're not the only person that, that's gone through this. You're not the only person that, that's that's done this before. And sometimes all the all the hard effort that we're putting into to things is is the wrong effort. Maybe we should be putting less effort into things and just letting things be rather than trying to interfere with things. You know, it says that. He brought order to the people of the world and ruled wisely over the lands. So that what that says to me is no matter how much personal success that we have, no matter how smart we are or how much money we make or how successful we are, there's an enlightenment, a spiritual walk that's better. I definitely found that in recovery that there's nothing I did in my own abilities that compares to the peace and joy that I've gotten from recovery, from having a a walk with a higher power that I didn't have before. You know, no, there's no comparison. Comments? Uh, I have a thought that you definitely did not have as many thoughts about this when I read it. But now that you guys have been talking for a while, I'm beginning to see how the, these two stories relate. Um, the second one um, reminds me of when, how I feel about a lot of jobs I've had where, um, that I've left. I've, I've had a few jobs in my career where I've been there for a few years, maybe five years. And I think in my mind, surely when I leave, this place is going to fall apart. Because I feel like I'm so important where I'm at, <laughs> I guess. I don't know why I feel that way, but I don't say it out loud, but I definitely feel it. And then I always look back and I'm always checking up on my old friends at the jobs I had. And I'm like, man, it's still going. Oh, you got new stuff going on. And, you know, kind of. They're improving like, even. How is that? Yeah, <laughs> they might be better off. <laughs> uh, yeah, fair enough. But it's interesting. Yeah, so maybe, I don't know. <laughs> what I is this? Else. Is that a gnome? What is that? <laughs> Callum, say hello. 
Unmi unmute yourself, Craig. Hold up. Unmute. You're muted. Oh. There you go. It looks like Leo Sayer. He's going for the oh Leo Sayer haircut. You're so right. He looks like the so. Cal, like how's your first pandemic Frodo. going? He looks like a Frodo when he was eight. Oh yeah, he does. Okay. <laughs> total, total hair. Hey, Callum, say something. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> I see a Fortnite shirt. <laughs> Fortnite's taking me over. He has to wear his Fortnite shirt because his dad's so good at playing it. His dad's nah. a, his dad's a god at playing Fortnite. Nah. Oh yeah. Not yet. Uh, hey, my hat's off to you, man. That's not an easy game. Kills me every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. What else about this jumps out? I think it really is about that idea that if we don't look within, we're missing it. Because no matter what we see is valuable, as in the first one, we all see something different. This guy ruled all those folks, and he saw that none of that was of any importance in comparison to what he found when he started looking within. Okay, so I have an idea. Okay. Um. So what I heard mainly from the first story was the ceremonial part of the hats. Um, and then, so what that, what I thought, thought that represented was a, like a spiritual, spiritual oh, okay. ceremony, um, some sort of a, a religious ceremony. And usually a ceremony to me is when you're, you're upping your vibration or you're doing something delving deeper into your spiritual journey um you know an, an accomplishment and they weren't ready for that so the hat represented that and then in the second story when the ruler he was exactly how he needed to be in his spiritual journey to rule the people and the people were ready to meet him so it was successful and then he had this uh, enlightening or awakening when he visited the four sages. And then when he went back to the country, he was no longer as valuable. So the salesman comes in, in my mind, with these ceremonial hats representing light and enlightenment. No one is interested. The other one, the guy meets the society where they're at, does a good job. But if he would have been enlightened, they probably wouldn't have wanted what he had to sell. Did his job, got enlightened, and then went on. So to me, it was about what you're selling in terms of religion or what you're trying to teach and spread. Huh. Okay. Thank you, Tina. That's good. So what is the the moral of the story is? I honestly think um, enlightenment is probably because it's something I've been maybe struggling with or, or is it, it feels like sometimes it's a very lonely trek when you're 
discovering all these things about yourself and you don't have a lot of people on board. You don't have a society full of people saying, yeah, me too. I get that because this is a very lonely process. Um, and so you have all these ideas and these movements and these things and you want to try to give it to everybody else, like the ceremonial hats. But no one's interested because they're not there. And so we do have leaders or we do have people that are where they're supposed to be spiritually. And that's what goes along the lines with when we've talked about the Tao before about not judging, not make, not seeing someone's better or more enlightened or, or more advanced because they're exactly where they're supposed to be. You know, the, the, the leader at the second story was exactly where he was supposed to be to do the most good for the people. Then he became enlightened and just changed his journey. Not that he got better or more, whatever. It's just different. And so for me, the moral is just because you have, you're going through something, you know, the rest of society may not need it. And just, you know, people are exactly where they're at for a reason. And then they can move on and change their direction. Or sometimes they do. And then they're not as popular or highly sought after, but your, your journey is where you're supposed to be. It's hard to say without saying better, you know, like, then you're better, you know, because you're just different. And that I, I've really, that's been a theme in my mind for a couple of years now of trying to say, because I've been taught that so often that, no, you're not, you're not better in your program. You're just in a different spot on that, you know, you along your journey. And as we've talked about, the longer you are on this journey, the less you realize you know. So it's perspective anyways. Thanks, Tina. That's good. Craig? Remember the moral is that you're not always going to get what you're looking for. Maybe you're going to, maybe you're going to find more. Maybe you're going to find more than what you're looking for. Maybe you're going to find less. Could well, be, in yeah. the words of Keith and Mick, you can't always get what you want, but you always get what you need. Okay, exactly what you need. Yeah. No truer words were spoken. Keith Richards for president. I'll second that. I don't think he qualifies <laughs> to be president. The technicality. Who else? Zach, do you have an opinion now that you've listened to everyone else's first? I got to I mean, there's, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, if I had to take something from it, I I would it would still just have to be that you know sometimes sometimes you don't know you know what I mean and uh and that's at least in my case it just I don't know it just feels very like I don't know I don't know that he's saying anything you know what I mean I think Craig might have been right at the beginning some guy you know three or four thousand years ago thought I'm going to write a bunch of absurd stuff and See if anybody makes anything of it. To each his own, definitely. I, I see a libertarian slant on this. We all have to find our own way. Are we just just so I'm clear? Is it do, do we think it's two separate stories that are being told at the same time? Is that right? Not. That's what I assume, Zach. Okay. So the man selling the hats was not also the ruler of the country. No, okay. not that I, I think the two stories are just told together to, to form both or two parts of the same thought. Yeah. 
I think could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it just feels like there's so much I don't know, and maybe I don't need to know. Or I don't have to know, but like you know, a man of song, like where's song? What's song? You know, Yao, who's Yao? You know, it's a lot of people, a lot of names. Four perfect ones. What are perfect ones? They're capitalized. Are they like gods or something? They're sages. Yeah. Another the other translation said they were sages. I had not picked up on the ceremonial hat, Tina. I just picked up on hat, not ceremonial. So thank you. It just makes me feel like I have more questions than answers, you know. It's like the first group is still into the themes, you know. The one guy's trying to sell and the other folks aren't interested in what he's selling. But both have value. I, I keep thinking of um, rulers who rule and set up like maybe castles or, or, or statues or, you know, a lot of pomp and circumstance around ruling and how they may begin to think that that's important as a, because it's working. Look, everyone is is resting or everyone's in a state of rest. Um, and, and I think Kate was seeing some connection between these two stories, which I, when she, when you were playing it, I, I understood what she said, but I, I can't remember exactly the connection she was making there, but it seems to me like there may be a connection between these two stories because of the ceremonial part in the hats, like, uh, Mar- Marla pointed out, or, um, Tina pointed out, but, um, because I picture like when you find these ruins, like these ancient ruins, and sometimes some of them, like the Mayan ruins, there's these like immense structures with stairs that you know were sometimes two hundred feet high, and you know was that all necessary to rule those people? Did those people need that to live and be happy? Um, like you know, that, according to this story, no, that wasn't necessary. Um, and, and those people were it kind of like, I guess, back to leaving my jobs where I thought that I was necessary in the job for that place to function. The thing I, the way I did it, the exact way I did it. But I don't know. I, I, I just had to say that. You know, it's interesting. Yao, the ruler, must have felt he was lacking something after he had governed wisely, the whole plot, been very successful. He still lacked something. Or he wouldn't have went to a to the distant mountains to seek yeah. out the sages. So even after he was so successful, he realized that was not satisfying. Or or why else would he have gone and pursued the wise? Right. Where, where did his existential angst come from? And so then he realized that his. Uh, peace was not in all of his success because he said after he visited the sages uh, when he crossed the border into his own city his lost gaze saw no throne in other words he it was it was not important to him anymore you know i i i have felt that way um in uh, with raising kids you know you kind of got to dumb yourself down for about 10 years <laughs> to relate to them. 
see Craig laughs. He knows what I'm talking about. I remember. Uh, yeah. I told my, but, I got pissed off at my wife. I said, I swear you pushed out half your brains with those kids. <laughs> I said, what happened to you? I said, we can't even have an adult conversation now. It's true. Uh, but you know, you got to do it. I mean, and it's for the greater good. Like I was saying, you gotta, you, you know, and, and it would be nice to be able to be on sabbatical and go take four years and check the mountains and hang out with some sages and, um, you know, but a lot of people do those things later, um, in life and you kind of got to do what you got to do and gain the experience so that you can go on to your next, next stage. And that's what I was thinking of with, you know, when he was leading the people, he's probably like, all right, I got to get this, get this done. It's what I, it's my rent on earth and, and whatever. And then you gain the, you, you learn that having all the power in the world, it's like what Jim Carrey says. I wish everybody could have all the money and get famous. So they realize that that's not what's going to make you happy. So you have to kind of hit that to realize, oh no, uh, we have to go through everything um, and I was looking, I looked, looked up silk ceremonial hats online and just now, and it, a lot of it is from China, the back in the day, there's one that was $5,000 on eBay. It was a ceremonial silk hat. Um, and it seems like those two words only go together in, well, the ones I've just looked up for China and it must have been a really big deal. And then a silk robe with your name embroidered on it. Um, it's probably left for the higher ups. And, you know, who knows, though, when you think of it that way, they see these guys didn't want these ceremonial hats. Well, maybe they were so enlightened. They were past that stage of wanting, you know, they were now saying it's not important to us we've found our nature we found the wild and we know that this is where our true kingdom is instead of with those hats so maybe it's not you know that was me being judgy of them because they had big bellies and tattoos and i'm like they're like what did they need with hats well maybe they were the enlightened ones and didn't need them they needed their nature thanks tina yeah, that's that's a good point. That you know, maybe, maybe you don't need all these riches to reach enlightenment. Maybe it's maybe it's already there. Maybe maybe we all we already have it within us. We don't need to dress up fancy and pompous and be something that we're not. Maybe we just need to be. How many times have you attained a goal that seemed so important and it was hollow? Most times. But honestly, every time there's never been yeah, something I really set out to be a real goal that once I got there, it was what I thought it was going to be. I mean, yeah. granted, I enjoyed some things and it's good. But if I really pushed, made that goal to be this big, big thing, it never was that. It was always a little hollow. The more important I made it, the more hollow it was. Well, just because it means something to us, it doesn't necessarily mean anything to anybody else. Because we we make more of it in our head than than what it is in reality, I think. Or that's kind of the way it looked for me. Even money in the bank, when I, you know, I got to a point where I had money in the bank, I was looking and said, Yeah, I just don't feel any different. There's nothing different about me. I said, Why is that? I'm supposed to feel different. I mean, it wasn't like millions of dollars, but it was a good bit of money. And I was like, hmm, I thought 
this would make me feel different. I feel no different at all. I don't know. It's, uh, it's like Solomon, the Solomon quote. You just read the Bible through Craig. Can you tell us what Solomon said <laughs> was so important and what was not? Okay. How long, how long do we have? Because <laughs> he said that uh, there's only one thing that he found that had any value. Everything was vanity except um, what you eat and drink for the day and the work of your hands, the things that are in the moment. Those are the things that are not vain. Everything else was vain. And this was a guy who had declared silver to have no value because he had so much gold. They declared silver, silver to be valueless and piled it up outside the city in piles and just Said silver, no more, just gold. That's how uh, rich this guy was. And he said, none of that has any value. He said, the only thing that has value is enjoying your food, is enjoying your eat and drink was what, how it was said, and uh, the work of your hands, the things we do in the moment. That was it. So important to remember. Hmm. Like um, live, live in the moment. Live in the moment. It's the things we're doing in the moment, Derek. That's, you know, not the things we attain. Not the things we attain. Yeah, but you can have all the riches in the world and still be miserable. At the moment, you can have a fleet of airplanes and you can't fly them. <laughs> or you, don't have, to or go you anywhere. have nothing and be miserable, Craig. It has no bearing. It doesn't have to have a bearing on things. You know, uh, yeah. most of the time, you know, if you have nothing you you think that you would feel different if you had more but i think sometimes the less you have the happier you can be because sometimes you're not you're not having to strive to keep it well then if you're relying on something on an outside source you know yeah well, we have to look at how we value things what's what's valuable is a car or is you know having a good relationship with your parents what's car. You know, what's <laughs> <laughs> depends on the car, actually. Yeah, I guess so. All right. If it were Tesla, okay. Um, then you have to, what's of value to you? Is it, you know, I'm going to, you know, this bottle of uh, Jack Daniels, or is it going to be, you know, clear headedness and not waking up with a hangover? It's like, what do you value more? That's a hard one. Um, we have a Tesla, and it is very, it is very, very nice. <laughs> that I can say. It um, is worth. It is very worth its value. Definitely worth. It is well worth it. Like driving an iPad. In <laughs> um, but it's so funny how the way my life goes is these things come. I haven't heard of Solomon in forever. And yesterday, I spent all this time searching a leaf that was ended up being Solomon's seal. And so I was reading up what the leaf was about and learning about Solomon. And then here you are um, bringing it up. And it's just so funny how you don't hear it, hear something. Um, and then the other thing I was thinking was um, about the money, how, and when uh, Buddy was saying that you get something and it's not as great as you are. And the perfect example is when we, back in March, when the stock market crashed, we lost a huge chunk of money in one day. And um, 
we had gained about half of it back. And Justin was talking about, my husband was talking about it yesterday. He's like, oh, I can't believe it, you know. <laughs> and I wake up today and that is all completely gone. And, you know, I mean, what if I would have been putting my worth in that as it grew? And then here comes a day, it's all gone. And then three months later, half of it's back and we made it in four weeks. And then today it's all gone. <laughs> so, I mean, easy come, easy go. If I would have put my worth in that, where would I be right now? I would have been on top of the world, middle of the world, bottom of the world, and then bottom of the world today. Like, that doesn't make sense. That's not where I'm at at all. That has nothing to do with where I'm at. It just shows that I can relate to that specifically today that I'm not if I would have put my worth in there like probably some people are right now they're freaking out and I can imagine it you know that's their whole life they're watching that stock market every hour not that I'm judging them but that's just where they're at and that's exhausting I judge mine on if my kids like me or not so I'm at a whole different thing you know I'm like as devastated because my kids aren't listening to me so I have a whole another set of issues <laughs> I remember back in the 90s when I started buying rental houses that I put a lot of value on the houses I own and those houses, um, when I ended up having a business fail and I had to sell all those, I really felt, uh, that's when I started drinking heavy actually was when that happened because I had placed misplaced so much value. You know, and I always thought, you know, I'll do anything for other people, but these houses are off limits. These are mine. They're nobody else's and I will not. And I ended up having to sell those and it was necessary because anything, you know, what is that? What we compromise to keep, we always lose, you know, it's that idea. And uh, I misplaced value on all these rental houses I had because I was so proud that I had these houses that were going to pay off when I was 40 and I knew no one that was able to do that. And, you know, all that ego, you know, that went into it. None of my family had ever been that successful and I was all the shit, you know, and you know, that kind of thing, you know? And so that had to be destroyed if I was going to grow. And I can see that I, I didn't relate that until you made your comment, Tina. Thank you. Yeah. That misplaced value. Hmm. And then there's mine with my kids. You know, I mean, that's what's important to me. But they're 10 and 14. Of course, they're going to be brats to me. But if I were to base my worth on them, which I do, <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> and because they are kids, you know, it's just like putting your worth in somebody else or anybody or your spouse or Facebook or wherever you put your worth. It's like, it's going to make you or break you. It's, it's one thing or another that's not constant that we put our worth in. We've got to turn that light around, don't we? All that has to come from within, not out here for anything. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I'll chime in. Um, reading a book and the author quotes Mother Teresa, and she explains this phenomenon where you, you get what you want and you're still empty and it's a spiritual thing it's a spiritual emptiness and, and she calls it spiritual deprivation it's almost like eating cotton candy so like just cotton candy and then wondering why 
you're so sick and hungry. And, and it's also counterculture. And it looks like through the ages, at least 3,000 years back, um, it looks like it was a problem then, it's a problem now, but culturally, the world says that our worth's based on our wealth, our status, the approval of others, uh, all these things that we have no control over. So it's no wonder that I was crazy, uh, the whole work and everything. You know, you work 30 years on a career and then uh, have, have somebody just change it on you and completely do something different. Um, a year ago, I think I would have I would have gone crazy. I'd have been just a huge ball of spit and anger, and I'd have been one of the last people you wanted to spend a second with. And of course, drink. So it's it's all upside down. It goes back to the Tao. Everything that we think, flip it upside down on its head, do the opposite. If you think money and the Tesla and the kids' approval and your parents' approval and work status and security and all that's going to get you happiness, forget about it. You might as well just throw it out the wheel. Um, which I think the Tao lesson, if, if, you can't, if you don't know the answer to something, just do the opposite, you're probably going to have the right answer. That's what I got. You're going to be closer anyway, right, Rob? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Thanks, man. Good to hear from you. Anyone else, guys? This ended up being a much better conversation than I thought it would be. I came into this and like, I don't know how this is going to be. It's how we interpret. It's fun. It was fun. No expectations is the way to go. That's why I don't have expectations or set goals because, you know, I don't want to even know how empty it feels up there at the top. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Oh, I've got one more thing. Yeah. So, buddy, I've got my iron butt which is a thousand miles in 24 hours or less on a motorcycle. I've got it. And the, so this, that wasn't enough. So I'm empty. I'm really empty. So now I, I'm thinking I'm going to go get the butt burner gold. The 1500. 1500 in 24 hours or less. So we're going to attempt Denver to Seattle in August. So I'll let you know if I'm fulfilled and spiritually enlightened when I hit Seattle. Well, then you can come do one with me, Rob. I did the, uh, I did those. I did the hundred CC, which is Jacksonville to San Diego, back to Jacksonville in a hundred out, less than a hundred hours. So, when you want to do that, let me know. We'll do it. Yeah, that'll be after the butt burner when I'm still empty. Yeah, yeah, you'll be empty. You can come do that one. I want to do this uh, fall, maybe if I can. I'm sorry, guys. This has nothing to do with it. I know y'all are getting bored. I want to do 49 states in less than 10 days. So uh, I'll let you know when I plan that. But, yeah, it's it's the same thing. I've got all those. There's one guy who does – he's got like 50 or 60 BBGs, the 1,500 in 24 hours. Like, why does he keep doing these things? And uh, I guess it's just ego. I don't know. But, uh, man, I, I'm just not going to do all that. I don't, I don't record those anymore. But uh, – it is. It's all a, another phase of ego value that we place on things. It's empty. Any other comments, guys? Uh, is that something we need to look at, Derek? Uh, sorry, something t- uh, Rob said reminded me of um, opposite George and Seinfeld. Yeah. Um, where 
Oh. You know, George Costanza, he just decided to do the exact opposite of what he would normally do. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And everything started working for him. You know, <laughs> 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 he got this beautiful girl to date him and his career started going well. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But t- what Rob said reminded me of that. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Derek. All right, guys. Appreciate you. If you haven't been appreciated lately, I appreciate you. Thanks for being here. Y'all have a great week. Hello, this is Buddy C. I wanted to make you aware of several recovery-related resources that I've posted in the episode description. These resources include a list of recovery podcasts, a free sober meditation app, daily recovery email, shared Google recovery calendars. Hope you put some of these resources to use and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Tao of Our Understanding Recovery Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends in recovery.